Greetings, everyone. I'm Vernon Sheridan, and this is The Traveling Pulpit. The Traveling Pulpit has been created so that you can take God's Word with you while you're on the go. Whether you're going to work, school, or just out running errands, this is the podcast you want to have while you're on the go. This is a teaching ministry podcast designed to develop your faith in the study of God's Word and ultimately your faith in God our Father. So when you listen, I encourage you to have your Bible ready to follow along and if you choose, have pencil and paper so that you can take notes and even write down questions you may have as you follow along. And if you do have questions and if you do have comments that you have written down during any of the podcasts uh, from the past and even on today, reach out to me, the traveling pulpit at gmail.com and I'll reach back. Or you may want to just follow up with your pastor, with your study group, with your accountability partner or who you share the word of God with. This is a great tool for you to get started in the conversation on God. You know, we live in a dying world. It's 2019 and we are still facing the same challenges today as our ancestors faced many years ago. After the fall of man, every man from that point born of a woman has a limited amount of time to live on this earth. And after that comes the death or the penalty of man's disobedience. That did not just come uh, uh, on its own. You know, um, man had the opportunity to do what was right as he was instructed by God. But something happened then that still happens today. And that and that what happens today is caused is called doubt. Excuse me. is called doubt. We live under such the cloud of doubt in this day and time that people who see the work of God in their lives still question the very existence of God in their lives. They still uh, do not desire to have a relationship with God, even though they see the things of God unfolding right before their eyes in this day and time. What, you know, uh, uh, there are two places I want to talk to you about, about uh, on today, it, it it has to do with seeing is believing. You know, this is how we get caught up into the the trap, or we get caught up into the dis- deception and lies that the enemy places before us. You see, oftentimes we want so badly to believe that we are even willing to sacrifice our own beliefs. In the God who has not not shown us himself physically, but has shown us his attributes throughout the entire world. You know, we are coming into that 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 era, that era of time where the enemy is unleashing enemies that will come and challenge those. Even the strongest of Christians are going to be challenged. And, and, and we have to make certain that we are standing firm on the word of God. Here's what I'm talking about. It comes from Genesis chapter three, and we're going to go in at verse six, Genesis three, verse six, where it says, so the woman saw 
that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate and also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Here's the situation in that day and time. Man was told to eat of every tree from the fruit from the garden of every fruit tree in the garden except for one. But what the enemy did was he he purposely waited until they ventured in my opinion till they ventured to this tree. Otherwise they would have no reason to be near this tree because man was told where he could eat and where he could not eat from. So they had to have uh direct contact with this with this this serpent while they were standing at the tree. Now how they how they how they ended up there they could have been walking they could have been uh being in uh, a husband being instructed could have been telling his wife these are the areas in which we are not to go you know but they are here at this tree now and so the serpent begins to talk to them and the things that he is talking to them about are the things that God directly told the man that he could not do well, the woman, when she saw, the Bible says that she saw that the fruit was good. She saw that the fruit was desirable to make one wise. And it was because of that she took the fruit and ate of it because of what she saw. Now, she had to have something, um, something trigger her. And it was temptation. Temptation was what triggered her to see something that was different about this tree that was forbidden for man to eat from. And it's that it's that same way in this world today. There are some people who still use the Bible as as a trigger to to to, uh, to tempt others in not believing what it says. You know, we are in this political game now or this political season in which the game is being played as far as who wants to be the next or the re or the the um uh, the continued leader of this country and so everybody is going around playing this debate game about why they want to be in charge or why they deserve to be in charge or why they think they should be in charge and so what they are doing is they are laying doubt on on each of their opponents on what reason they could not do the job that they are asking the American public to elect them to do well the same thing here in this in this in this garden is that the serpent has elected to bring doubt upon this this couple uh by telling them that this fruit that was forbidden is not really forbidden but it is only forbidden because it will give them the wisdom that they seek so through the process of seeing and believing she took of it and she ate of it. And when he ate of it, their eyes were open and sin came into the world. Moving forward, there's another uh, uh, story here in the Bible in which seeing is believing takes place. But it takes place during the time of, of Christ himself. And in fact, it comes as Christ is now 
uh, have been have having been crucified is now resurrected and his disciples are all gathered together except one. You see, if you remember the story, there were 11 disciples, 10 of which scattered. Now, now, now there were many disciples. Let me, let me point that out. There were many disciples because some were disciples in secret, but we know that 11 were, were disciples that were mostly publicly recognized. Uh, the reason I say 11 is because one committed suicide, if you remember. So 11 disciples saw Christ go to his death. And where we pick up now, only 10 of them are together. You see, the, the, the 11 saw him, one stood by his mother and became her son, and she became his mother, which is John. We know that because Jesus said that to them. But we know that the other 10 disciples were all scattered, all 10, and they saw Christ die. They saw Yeshua uh, say in his last breath, it is finished, and his spirit was given up for our benefit. We, they saw that. They saw that. And so we pick up here after Christ is risen, after he has told Mary Magdalene to tell the brothers that he has risen and that he goes to his father. Uh, uh, but, but he will, he, but, but he is going to come to, to present himself to his brothers. And so, and so we have John, uh, 20 and 19, it says on the evening of the, of the day, the first day of the week, the doors were locked. The disciples were, were for fear of the Jews and Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace to you. Now, when Jesus first came to the disciples, it was only 10 of them. Thomas was not with them. When he, when, when he said this, Verse 20, when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now notice, if you will, when the Lord showed himself to his disciples, the reason he had to show them his hands and his side is, is simply because they needed to see that this was the very Christ they followed. This was Yahshua, the, the, the Messiah that they followed. They, they, they had to see that in order to believe that it was him. Because in that day, like this day we live in now, there are many imposters who claim that they are the Christ, who claim that they are the Messiah, who claim that they have come in the name of the Father, and they are a lie. They are what what we call an apostate, which means they are not, the truth is not in them. That's what we call an apostate. Well, Jesus had to show them this so that they would identify with the very marks that they saw when he was being crucified. They saw the nails go in his hand. They saw the nail, the nail go in his feet. They saw after, after his, after his spirit was given up for our benefit, they saw the stabbing by the piercing in his side. They saw this. So when they saw him in his resurrected body, they knew it was him. But one was not there. 
and that was Thomas. I, I believe the Bible calls him Didymus or the twin. Well, he wasn't there. And so here we pick up the story, uh, uh, John 20 and verse 24, where it says, now Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin was not with them when Jesus came. We don't know where he was. And because we don't know where he was, we are not going to make up any excuse for why he was not there. The Bible says that he was not there. And that's what we're going to go with. He was not there. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Now, we can say a lot of things about a lot of things, but Thomas is saying one thing about one thing. How do you know he's risen if I'm supposed to be one of you and you're telling me that he's risen and I wasn't here to see it. He's upset. He wants to know that if it's so true, then I won't believe it until I'm able to do it for myself. If you guys got to do it for yourselves, because if you remember over in verse 20, he showed it to him and, 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 and the places where, where he was, where he was stuck, the nails and, and the spear, he showed it to him. And so Thomas is saying, I want to, I want to physically put my, my hands on him. I want to put my finger in that place where that, where, 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 where that nail was in that, in the holes in his hands. I want to put my hand on his side. Then that is how I will believe. Well, see in our day and time, we don't have the physical Jesus. We have spiritual Jesus. We have the word Jesus. You know, if you've ever heard me talk about, but talk about the Bible, you know that the Bible is when you close it, it's like every other book. It will sit like every other book. It will look like every other book. It will, it has a spine like every, every other book with an identity like every other book. But when you open the Bible itself, God's word comes to life. And if you receive God's word into your life, you will come to life in Christ. Like Christ is alive in this book. That's what I'm saying. So, so Thomas is telling the disciples that I will not believe. I won't believe. Well, some people will read this and they will get into their mind. Also, I won't believe. I won't believe unless I get to see, unless I get to see it. Well, eight days later, while his disciples were inside again with the doors locked and the curtains pulled down, you know, just a little light beaming on the inside, you know, in fear of the Jews, the doors were locked again. And Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, verse 27, put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas said, and Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Now this is where we, we develop. This is the beginning stages of our development in the faith. See, it's one thing to, 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 
uh, uh, say we believe, but when we are challenged, how much of that challenge takes over the belief we say we have. Thomas was challenged and Jesus came and met that challenge. And Jesus said to him in verse 29, because have you believed because you, you have, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and had and and yet have believed. Jesus is saying, don't believe just because you see me believe because you know it's true. Thomas was a part of the disciples. We know this. He was a part of the 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 original 12 that became 11. We know this the inner circle of Christ. Then we know that there was an inner, inner circle of Christ. But we are talking about the inner circle of Christ, the 12. And Thomas was not there the first time, but he was there again eight days later. Eight days. Why eight days? Why not seven days? Because Christ came on the eighth day because the eighth day is a newness. It is a new beginning. Thomas was about to begin a new beginning in his life. He was embarking on something that was no longer old to him, but would become new to him. Christ came to him and he said, put your finger here. Put your hand in the place in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas saw Jesus being crucified. He saw Jesus being beaten. He saw the nails go in his hand, the nail go in his feet, the spirit, the, the stabbing and the piercing in his side after his spirit left his body. Thomas saw those things. So Thomas was saying at that time, if you have seen him, then why can't I see him? And I will not believe until I do see him. But in order for God to bring Thomas into a brand new beginning, he had to wait eight days so that when Christ came back, it would be new for him. It would be a newness. It would be a oneness. So I'm telling you today that in Christ, there is a newness waiting for you. There is a oneness waiting for you in Christ. So all you have to do is not give up your belief in Christ. He is who he says he is. And if you give him the chance, he will prove it to you. He says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. As I bring this, this to a close, I want you to know Yahweh, God, the creator counteracted death's stronghold on God's human creation, mankind, by giving us Yahweh, Yeshua, the Messiah the ultimate sacrifice for the disobedience of mankind, that he would be obedient to his father, even unto death, the death of a cross. And, and, and that through that process, we might believe and have freedom, a new freedom in Christ. Well, family, traveling pulpit family, I want to thank you for the opportunity to come and share with you the word of God. I pray that you will take this message, that you will run with it, that you will share this message with your friends, your families, your co-workers, your strange strangers on the street, people in convenience stores, people out on the street, people asking for money. Play this podcast. 
Let them hear the word of God come into their life because some of us, not all, not all of us has, has on hand cash. Just like, just like, um, James, uh, uh, John and Peter who, who met the man at the well, who asked for money, you know, the crippled man at the well, and they didn't have money. And Peter says, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Some people out on the street need to hear that and they need to hear it from you because you're the one that they're coming to. You got to be the Bible that some people see. You got to be the, the, the Christ filled individual that some people need when they need something. Because everybody has a need in this world and it all leads back to Christ. We all need him. So with that said, guys, be the Christ to somebody this week, not just this week beyond this week be the christ to somebody every day a neighbor who you don't know uh knock on their door find out who they are what what you know find out about their life you live in the same neighborhood with them you live next door to them you know let's be communal in our relationships with with one another this is this is how we grow in christ this is how we make disciples this is how we introduce the love of christ to our neighbors by getting to know them. Well, guys, it's been fun. Join me for another episode of Re Re Recharge and Refuel on Wednesday. Um, I think you will you will like the Recharge and Refuel message. Again, Re Refuel and Recharge is a quick hit message. I try to go between 8 to 12 minutes to just give you a little motivational word, um, perhaps on my experience in Christ, perhaps from the Word of God in Christ. But you know what? It's going to be an inspirational quick hit message to help you get through the week. Uh, you know, I am very grateful for, for the opportunity to do this. I'm very grateful to God for the opportunity to do this, but I'm also grateful for you because, uh, as it stands, um, the traveling pulpit has 268 total plays. So that means a lot. That means that, that, that the word is going out. People are hearing the word. And I am so grateful that the, that the word is going out because everyone needs the word. I don't benefit from this. God benefits from this. So tell somebody about the benefit that God has done for you in your life. And with that said, Hey, let us pray and be done. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debtors as we forgive those. Forgive us of our trespasses and we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive me and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for not. Um, forgive me. I was about to carry on what what uh, um, the, the, re the rest of the saying. But but uh, if you know the true scripture, uh, he stops at deliver us from the evil one. Um, just a little bit of teaching. I don't know why I was about to go into that, but perhaps it was for that reason, just to let you know that after he says, deliver us from the evil one, that's, that's the Lord's prayer. Uh, you can look it up if you like, but, um, but we are told not to add or subtract anything from the Bible. So, um, that's what the study of the, of the word of God will do for you. And I just hope that you do the same. Tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord. I'll be here on Wednesday. I hope you will too. God bless you. I love you. Bye.